Maybe you feel as though there's not a whole lot you can count on in this world as we know it. Pastor Dave Roth says, hold fast to the word because it's dependable and reliable. God's word is absolutely dependable. The problem is we don't always know what his word is. And so his word is perfect, but our understanding of it is flawed, is the idea. So if you want something that you can totally count on, listen to what God says. And obviously, this is why Paul is saying that he teaches the word of God, because that's what can be trusted in. Wake up my soul. Wake up early in the day. Wake up my hand. And the instrument I play. Wake up my voice. Let the world hear me say, you are worshiped and it's all to No doubt you've experienced it. You're driving around for a while and realize you're off track. It's about that time you pull out your phone and allow the GPS to get you where you need to be. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Balanced Word. Our teacher is Pastor Dave Rolfe. We'll be looking at chapter 1 of 2 Corinthians, where Paul explains to his brothers and sisters in the Lord that God is our navigator. And sometimes he changes our course for very good reason. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Here's Pastor Dave. All right, let's turn over to 2 Corinthians now. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We were sort of moving towards the end of it last week, and I went long, and I really didn't tie it up very well. But I'll try to close the loop a little bit, and then we'll move into, and and Lord willing, cover chapter 2. Here in this last section in chapter 1, Paul was basically, there's a lot of good stuff in here, but What he was doing was explaining why he hadn't come to Corinth um, when he had said that it was his intention to come to Corinth first before then heading north up to Macedonia and then coming back to Corinth a second time. And there were people who were there in Corinth who were accusing Paul of going back on his word, accusing him of saying he was going to do something that he didn't do, oh, you can't trust Paul. And one thing you learn from Paul in watching his life, he always wanted to be sensitive to the Spirit. And we need to be too. And sometimes that means that you might say that you're going to do something, but then you hear from the Lord that, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. And now there's a real test because your pride is on the line. Am I going to stubbornly stick with what I said, or am I going to listen to the Lord and what he is telling me to do right now? And part of it has to do with just the humility to recognize that we don't know everything. And so the scriptures have a lot to say. Jesus talked about this over in Matthew. James talks about it as well, about not being presumptuous. Just basically everything that you do should be if the Lord wills. But if you get yourself into a thing where you, you know, had committed to do it, you have a higher commitment, and that is a commitment to the Lord. Now, it's never to be flaky. It's never to be just, you know, going back on a, you know, commitment just because you decide it's too difficult or you don't want to do it. But everything that we say or do needs to be with the caveat that, I'm going to listen to God, and ultimately I'm going to do what he says, not even what I've necessarily said. 
And so Paul, in explaining this, and we'll go down through it again, um, in verse 15, he says, and in this confidence I intended to come to you before, that you might have a second benefit, to pass by way of you to Macedonia, to come again from Macedonia to you, and be helped by you on my way to Judea. Paul was in Asia Minor, present-day Turkey, and it, you could come across the sea to the southern tip of Greece, which is where Corinth and Athens are. You could go there and then head up to Macedonia, which was north, and that was originally what he was going to do. So he said, I intended to go that route. And, but he says in verse 17, uh, therefore, when I was planning this, did I do it lightly? He goes, no, I, I, I was serious about it. The things I plan, do I plan according to the flesh, that with me there should be yes, yes, and no, no? And the idea there is, in the flesh, should I just do it just because I said I'm going to do it? So I said yes, now it's yes, no matter what. A lot of people get into a lot of jams by committing to things that they shouldn't commit to. And we should never commit lightly, but at the same time, Paul said, I want to walk by the Spirit, not by the flesh. So I'm not going to just go, it's yes because I said yes. That's really just making, now if there's a way that you can keep your commitments, of course, that's a good thing. But if the Lord is really showing you that you need to take a different approach, we need to keep a light touch on it. And that's what he's saying. He says, verse 18, but as God is faithful, our word to you was not yes and no. He said, I would never say yes and mean no. I would never tell you I'm going to do it, but really have no intention of doing it or, you know, no, that's not what I'm doing. And then he goes on to say, God's the one that you can tr always trust because he knows the future. So he says, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me, by Silas or Silvanus, by Timothy, it was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. And so he said, God's word is absolutely dependable. The problem is we don't always know what his word is. And so his word is perfect, but our understanding of it is flawed, is the idea. So if you want something that you can totally count on, listen to what God says. And obviously, this is why Paul is saying that he teaches the word of God, because that's, that's what can be trusted in. Now he says, all the promises of God are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Moreover, I call God as witness against my soul that to spare you, I came no more to Corinth. So he says, we have God's word and we have his spirit. And his spirit works in us and, and leads us and guides us. And he says, by that spirit, I'm telling you, I wasn't just trying to make it easy. And I'm not making excuses now. It's just that as I sought the Lord, I realized that it would be better for you. I changed my plans in order to spare you something. And as we read on, we kind of see, you know, what the sparing thing is. 
But to spare you, I came no more to Corinth at that point. He would end up going to Corinth. But he says, not that we have dominion over your faith. You know, it's not that you can't you know, receive from anybody else, and therefore I'm the king and you need to hear from me. We're fellow workers for your joy, for by faith you stand. In other words, if I'm not there, you still have your faith. You'll be okay. I knew that you weren't absolutely dependent on me, and that's why I knew it would be okay if I didn't come when I had originally intended to come. But, verse 1 of chapter 2, I determined this within myself, that I would not come again to you in sorrow. For if I make you sorrowful, then who is he who makes me glad but the one who is made sorrowful by me? And I wrote this very thing to you, lest when I came I should have sorrow over those from whom I ought to have joy, having confidence in you all, that my joy is the joy of you all. And so Paul's saying, basically, if I had come at that time, it wouldn't have been pretty. God wasn't leading me to be there, and there was a really good reason, because I didn't know how you had responded to my first letter, 1 Corinthians. And I had to really chew you out in the book of 1 Corinthians, And if I had come and found out that things hadn't been made good, now we know from later in the book, instead he, Timothy went there and Titus went there and Paul was really anxious to hear from them what was going on in Corinth because he just knew he wasn't the best person to go and deal with them because he didn't know what he was gonna find when he got there. And so what Paul is saying is, Believe me, you didn't want me to come there at that time. I didn't know what was going on, and heads would have rolled. And I want to come there to make you happy, and when you're happy, I'm happy. But if I came there and I had to talk stern with you after the way that I had already spoken to you from the letter of 1 Corinthians, then I would have been bummed and you would have been bummed. And it's an interesting principle here that's so important for us to get, and it's something that I think is often lacking in the church today. And you go back to the earlier discussion in chapter one, and you see this principle that everyone is to be involved, and everyone has a part in ministry. And Paul just harps on this all the time. He didn't want to build a hierarchical system whereby it all came down to him. Now, there were times when he, as the authority in the church, needed to tell them, as had happened in 1 Corinthians in some cases, that he needed to kind of lower the boom on them because they weren't getting it themselves. But Paul did not want them to become dependent on him. And he also knew that sometimes he was the perfect person to minister to someone but that other times someone else was the best person to deal with them. And we create real problems when we assume that, you know, there are only certain people who can minister to us or there are certain people that are my go-to person. And I talked about this a little bit um, last week, but 
so often in the church we become really inbred where we continue to habitually go to the same people and burden them with our same problems. And there are only certain designated people in the church who are supposed to be the dispensaries of everyone's agony and everyone's problems. And what happens when you do that is, for one thing, like, let's face it, if you talk to me about your problems, I'm more than happy to listen to it. I, you know, I love to be able to be there for someone when they're going through a tough time. But if you've talked to me about it a couple times, I've probably already told you the best stuff I can give you. I've probably given you the best wisdom that I possess, the best experience that I possess. If you keep talking to me, one of two things are going to happen. Either I'm going to get sick of hearing from you, and I'm just going to zone out, or even more dangerous than that, I'm going to have to start making up stuff to help you, because <laughs> what I told you before didn't really help. And I'm not playing down the aspect of fellowship, but I'm talking here about spiritual leadership and guidance and counsel, which is what Paul's talking about. And I just think it's, and again, as I said last week, and it may seem off the subject, but it was something that as I was praying about this passage, the Lord really convicted me of, that often we become closed off to getting involved with new people, to making different friends, to and even as a church, one of the things that's very typical in church is that people become good friends and then you form cliques. And when someone comes from the outside, at first they go, wow, what a friendly church. But then after a little while they realize, well, they're all friendly with each other, but they're not really friendly with me. There's not a place for me to plug in. There's not a way for me to get involved. I feel like it's a old boys network that I can't really push my way into, or it takes a long time in order to break through this crust of people who have been here for a long time. And you've all been in the situation where you're with someone, and they like know each other really well, and you don't know them, and they have all these inside jokes, and they like, they always want to talk about, oh yeah, I remember 10 years ago when this and this, and you're like, well, I've only been here for three days, so I don't know what you're talking about, but they are so amusing to themselves of all their old great stories, and they all know the same people, and they do, and, and sometimes we pass that off as this is what fellowship is, but the truth is fellowship is always designed to bring new people in, to not just have the same people doing the same stuff, the same jobs, and the same, but it's all about keeping a constant fresh flow moving through. And that's one of the reasons why Paul, I believe, traveled so much. Because he's the type of guy who very easily could have become the guru of a town. And then everybody would have been coming to him. The body is created so that everyone can be a part of it and everyone can be involved. And Paul here Though certainly he had the greatest amount of knowledge and you could make a case for, he was the perfect person to come to Corinth and straighten this out. For Paul, he had said all he knew to say. And now he was afraid that if they forced the issue, that it would get ugly for everyone. I've seen that happen a lot of times. And so it's so important that we remain open to 
listening to different people's input and praying with different people and not just falling into a rut where every time we come to church, we see the same people, talk to the same people. Do And, you know, as I said last week, the people who really know you have heard all your stuff. And you're really not that interesting to them when you keep... And I, if you go to a church too long, I mean, you've heard me tell some of the same stories a bunch of times, and you're like, Dave, I, yeah, we know. And I, with senility that comes from old age, sometimes you don't realize you're telling the same story again. But at some point, it's like, you know, there's, there are new people every week at church who haven't heard your stories, who haven't heard your favorite jokes, who haven't seen your... Pride and joy, can or you know, and it's like we're, we ought to be glad when we find a new audience. And also, there are new people who are coming all the time who have wisdom and who have perspective and understanding and experience. And so, it's so important that we embrace the entire body and every part of it that God brings along, rather than to fall into a rut of predictability in terms of here's who I always go to, here's how I always deal with it. Life not only becomes boring, but we can drag each other down if we're not careful. We can become a burden to other people and they to us. And that's what Paul, that's exactly what Paul is saying. I didn't want to come there and just say what I've already said and find out that you're still going through what you were going through. So he wanted some other people to take a shot at it and ministering to these people. And that's kind of his point here that, no, I, I realized that I'd be doing you a favor if I didn't come and see you right now. And how many of us are really open to that? How many of us are open to the Spirit enough that sometimes we just go, you know what, I feel like I ought to talk to this person, but I don't really feel led right now, and sometimes when I talk to them, it doesn't go very well. Is it okay with us to just go, I don't owe anybody anything. The only one I owe is God, to listen to him and do what he tells me to do. I can't tell you how many times I talk to people who feel obligated to someone. And as soon as you're feeling obligated, you're probably just not listening to the Lord. And he's probably telling you, you don't need to feel that way. Every one of your relatives, it's not your responsibility to get them saved. Everybody that you know, people who are annoying to you, it's not, when they get annoying to you, maybe that's not the person for you to be ministering to right now. And it's, this is hard to accept, but I know sometimes we absolutely minister with good intentions, but totally in the flesh. And it just doesn't work because we make assumptions about what we're supposed to be doing instead of listening to the Lord and being okay if he wants to use other people to do the kinds of things that we're just feeling burdened to do. And a lot of times another person is better to do it than you are in a given situation. I'm thankful for you know the different people over the years that God brought into our lives to minister to our kids besides me. Now, there's no one in the world I would rather minister to than one of my kids, and I would do anything for them. But sometimes I wasn't the best person to, and sometimes when I tried to talk to my kids, I didn't do it right because I was uptight or 
or anxious or for whatever reason, and God brought other people along who were able to minister to them in such a beautiful way. And we need to be okay with that. We need to be okay with letting God be God. That's kind of Paul's point. It's like, hey, I'm flowing with what he leads me to do. And it didn't seem like a good idea, so I'm thinking the Spirit didn't want me to do it. Don't lay a guilt trip on me and attack me because I didn't do the ministry that you wanted me to do. Stop loading me down. Stop pushing. That's not God. Anything that's from compulsion, anything that's from, I hate to do this, but I need to, that's not God. Unless it's something that he specifically addresses in his word. Like if you don't feel like going home at night, I'm not suggesting that you just bail, okay? But for the most part, when it comes to ministry, if we would just listen to God and only do what he tells us to do, it would be so much easier. And the truth is, we wouldn't foul things up so much and and talk to people and have it end with, it went terrible, there's no understanding between us. But so often we just push to make things happen. And I love that Paul didn't do that, even though he knew that people were calling him a flake. You know, he was willing to be called a flake rather than to go and do something just because people wanted him to do it. People-pleasing is a horrible disease. And call it what it is, it is your flesh. It is my flesh. Whenever we do something that is not a matter of conviction, but it's simply a matter of expedience, or obligation, or burden. And a lot of times we do it, we really mean well, but we're not recognizing what it is to walk in the Spirit. And so we drag our feet, and God tells us clearly what we're supposed to do, but oh man, I don't know, I just can't do that. And oh, what peace we often forfeit when when we just insist on doing it our way because we're afraid of what's gonna happen. We're afraid of what somebody's going to say. And Paul just was setting the example for these guys. I just listen to the Spirit. I do what he wants me to do. And I'm telling you, I'm assuring you, I wasn't just trying to weasel out of it, but the Spirit was letting me know that this just, I'm not the best person to talk to you guys right now. And maybe there's somebody else who, who would be better and be open to that. Thanks for joining us today for The Balanced Word with Pastor Dave Rolf. Hear this study from 2 Corinthians again at thebalancedword.com or give us a call and request a CD at 949-362-7475. That's 949-362-7475. Pastor Dave has taught through the entire Bible, and we put the entire series on a USB for you. It's our featured resource right now, available for a donation of $30 or more. You can request this special offer at thebalancedword.com or call 949-362-7475. Here at The Balanced Word, everything revolves around the simple teaching of the Bible. Our mission is discovering balanced living through the Word of God. We're convinced that the Bible is God's Word to us, and living by the Word will give us the best life possible as we grow more healthy mentally, physically, spiritually, and socially. Your donations help to make this possible, so thank you. You can make a contribution to the ministry at thebalancedword.com. And as you do, don't forget to ask for Dave's Through the Bible Study. Whether you live in the area or will be visiting soon, please know that you're always welcome to join us at Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel. 
Sunday morning services begin at 8, 9.45, and 11.30. You can also live stream those services at ccpacifichills.org. We want to pray for you, so please send in those prayer requests right there at our website at thebalancedword.com. Or again, call 949-362-7475. Pastor Dave shares encouraging one-minute messages on Facebook and Instagram. It's a great way to start the day. Check it out at CC Pacific Hills or just log on to thebalancedword.com. A true friend says what needs to be said when it needs to be said and gives us the truth. Here's Dave once again encouraging us to be that kind of friend to others. So now he starts to, uh, he said, verse 4, for out of much affliction and anguish of heart I wrote to you. He goes, that wasn't easy. I wasn't just getting it off my chest and blasting you guys in 1 Corinthians. It was hard. And sometimes you don't realize how hard it is for someone to do something that God told them to do. But he said, with many tears, not that you should be grieved. I wasn't trying to bum you out. But that you might know the love which I have so abundantly for you. I love you enough that I wanted to tell you the truth. I love you enough that I wanted to give you the information that nobody else would give you because they don't want to offend you. But I love you enough that I'm willing to offend you so that I could tell you the truth. We'll pick up where we left off in 2 Corinthians next time on The Balanced Word with Pastor Dave Rawl. This program is brought to you by Pacific Hills Calvary Chapel and online at thebalancedword.com. Wake up my soul. Wake up early in the day. Wake up my hands. And the instrument I play.